racing cars need racing fuel. And Race Fuels is the best, most convenient way to power through your next meeting. Our famous Elf Race 102 is the control fuel of choice for the Touring Car Masters. It's available at the Bowsers, at Sydney Motorsport Park and the Bend. And it's available in drums at Winton. Imported direct from France, Elf Race 102 is affordable horsepower. For more details, head to racefuels.com.au. Hi there, this is the Parked Up Podcast. We're powered by Race Fuels. My name is Grant Rowley and I am joined by Tony D'Alberto who continues to lead the TCR Australia Series. <laughs> no one has got on top of him just yet. Well, there's been no other races, but he's still the leader. Tony D, how's, how's your week been? Yeah, very good. Thank you, mate. And you're right, still leading. I can't believe it. can't believe it. You didn't have to throw in a little bit about there's been no other racing. Oh, that sorry. sort of dilutes a little bit. But, man, there's been heaps of racing going on, though. Heaps oh, of racing. Geez. Supercars down in Tasmania. Mm -hmm. That was an epic show. Mm -hmm. And then we've got uh, Formula One in Saudi Arabia, which was an incredible race. So Wasn't plenty it? to talk about. I'm sure, I'm sure all our listeners have already heard some of the amazing news or important news that Fogues has put out on Monday. Parked Up um, Plus. Parked Up Plus. It's going really well. I like it. I, I like that he is putting stuff out there that we would be way too scared to. That's you know, right. Do you know when, when you put out the uh, little teaser on Facebook, um, DJR for sale, I was like, what? <laughs> what are you talking about? Why do I not know about this? And what are we? What news are we breaking here? I'm gonna. Am I gonna lose my whole career here for breaking some news? But it made me go and actually listen to it. So, um, <laughs> so you weren't gonna it. listen to it anyway? No, no, I do. You know what I like about it? And we've been criticised for this a little bit. Yeah, I like that it's nice and short. I can listen to it on the way to work, get my little fix, and then I'm done. It's yep. all good. Yeah, it's all so over like in that. 20 minutes or so. I think when we, uh, when Fogues and I first started talking about doing it, he said, oh, I just want it for 10 minutes and that's it. And I thought, you don't realise how short 10 minutes is and it's going to be mm. hard to cram in some of the stuff. And, yeah, look, he's done an excellent job. Uh, every Monday afternoon, 5 p.m., Parked Up Plus is published. It covers the racing. It covers the latest news and all the little bits that Fogues has sniffed out backs up his scoop trailer and just uh, piles them out for everyone to enjoy. So yeah, Parked Up Plus, it's been fun. And uh, you can check it out on exactly the same platform uh, that you're listening to this fine pod. Let's not take anything away from what we're doing. <laughs> Tony D, we've got some big news of our own to break oh. in this episode. It's huge Excellent. news. Amazing. Huge. It is Bathurst 12-hour related. It does have something to do with a car that you're going to drive and a returning teammate, someone who you know very, very well. I'll let you tell everyone the news. <laughs> well, yes, it's very exciting news for the Bathurst 12 hour, who I'll be, where I'll be sharing Adrian Dietz's Lamborghini. Adrian's uh, very uh, kindly welcomed me back to the team. I've done a couple of years with him now in the Bathurst 12 hour. Slightly different lineup this year though. So we have Adrian, great. We have myself, great. We have David Wall, mm -hmm. great, because he pre he prepares the car, so we know the car's going to be mint. Thank <laughs> you. And our special guest on the show today, we have Grant Denyer joining us uh, as well, which is amazing because uh, I've had a lot of success with Grant 
he's a great guy. And, and basically the criteria was we needed a bronze driver and no dickheads. That was Adrian's criteria. And I thought, geez, that really narrows it down here. Like, geez, who are we going to get? Uh, luckily, Grant fit the bill and uh, he was available and keen to do it. And here we are. So we're, we're literally, this is an exclusive for Parked Up. We're announcing today our driver lineup for the Bathurst 12-hour. And I'm bloody excited about it. There awesome. you go. Well, with that in mind, let's just dive straight into the chat that we had with Grant. He's an absolute legend. He's got one of the best names going around. <laughs> <laughs> but a hell of a lot more uh, famous and uh, a ton more Instagram followers than what I have. Here we go. It's Grant Denyer, Tony's new teammate for the Bathurst 12 hour, and he's on Parked Up. And of course, we're powered by Race Fuels. And it's great to have Grant Denyer back on the Parked Up podcast. You've got some very exciting news. How are you? Oh, bloody good to be here, fellas. Absolutely love this potty. <laughs> Excellent. So while we uh, love to see your shiny face here on our podcast, uh, talking to you via Zoom, you do have some awesome news, some fantastic news that we've just talked about it at the top of the pod. You are coming back for the Bathurst 12 hour, teaming up with Tony D in a very cool car in Adrian Dietz's Lamborghini. Awesome driver lineup. This must be something you're really looking forward to. I don't give a crap what kind of car it is, to be honest. It's just the fact I'd like to just rekindle um, my love affair with Tony D'Alberto. Uh, I don't care if it was a shopping trolley, a wooden go-kart. Um, I would be there in a heartbeat for that heartthrob. So it's um, we had some good times in the past. You know, we won lots of races together in, um, in some Ferraris and Lotuses. So any day is a good day alongside Tony D'Alberto. I was going to mention that in the interview today, we've had a huge amount of success together. Probably the most amount of wins I've ever had in my career is, is sitting alongside you and sharing a car with you. Um, I'm really hoping that uh, the Bathurst 12 hour, we can, we can have a really strong run, maybe even win our class. Uh, pretty strong lineup there um, of, you know, local drivers and, and teams, you know, it's definitely going to be a lot of competition, but I think between yourself with all your experience, We've got David Wall on board as well, and Dietzy, who's done a couple of Bathurst 12 hours now. I think we're in a pretty good spot. I, I can't wait to actually get there and uh, see what you think of the car. Yeah, I, have, I haven't driven this this Lambo. My Lambo's, I, I've done one with uh, Dean Canto. I drove in a, a Lambo with him just a couple of years ago. Um, and that be was better than that. Yeah, <laughs> it was the first ever taste of them. And it was it was really good fun. You know, I, I loved it. It was one of the only brands that I've never really driven for. So it was nice to sort of tick that one off the list. Um, but to um, to line up with this kind of good bunch of blokes, but, you know, great speed across, you know, all the drivers as well, because, you know, let's not forget this is a pro-am race. And um, I think we, you know, we ticked the category pretty good there. It's, it's going to be a lot of fun, but you know, it's, you know, what this race is like, you know, I had three years in a row where I was about to get in a race car in the Bathurst 12 hour and the car never came back. So <laughs> I had to wait four years to actually finish the event, which was painful. And that, but just, that's just such as the attrition rate and what can happen around, you know, this gnarly mountain of ours, which just, I can see outside my window right now, actually. Ah, you're a lucky boy living out in Bathurst. Hey, I remember, uh, I can't remember what year it was now, but when we did the Bathurst 12 hour with Marinello and uh, we had 2016, yeah. And we had Mika Salo uh, and um, who else we have? Uh, this escapes me oh, right Tony, now. Uh, Tony, Tim, Tony Bill, Belanda. That's right. Yes. I'm and we one had of the like world's a, greatest Ferrari production car drivers. Exactly. We had the world's biggest lead up to the event. 
And uh, poor old Salah, he didn't want to actually start the race. And because he had sort of the most experience, Grant, they said, well, let's put him in. Um, he'll be able to sort of guide us through the first you know, hour of the race. Some of that is in the nighttime, so early morning. And uh, the poor bugger got caught up on the first lap and the car was out of the race halfway through the first lap. And that was, I was done. I remember oh. it, you, you and me doing an interview, almost crying because we'd put so much work into getting there. And we didn't even get to drive the thing. We an ex, ex factory F1 driver with us. Like we we're both pinching ourselves because we're like kids in a toy shop going, how good's our career going around? <laughs> we had a Formula One driver with us. You know, sponsored by <laughs> McDonald's, big global brands, driving a prancing red Ferrari. Like, you, you know, you're Italian and it made your dreams come true. And we are like, this is it, mate. It's only way up from here. We'll be in Formula One next. And then we're literally in the race for about 23 seconds. <laughs> and that was it. You know, it was, uh, this place can break many a, many a man's heart. So you haven't done a lot of racing over the last probably couple of years. Uh, Bathurst six hour, I think was your last uh, race there with Quinny in the Mustang. Um, you know, you're a very busy boy, obviously outside of car racing these days um, with all your TV commitments. And I see you're dancing with lots of stars all the time. <laughs> um, how important is it to for you? Just as like a bit of a release to still, I suppose, scratch that itch of going car racing. Well, see, everyone thinks that I was in car racing after television, but car racing came first. So I, um, you know, only reason I wanted, the only reason I'm in television today, this is a true story, is because I wasn't from a particularly wealthy family and I was never going to make it as a race car driver without that sort of initial help. So I'm like, what do I do? You know, how do I become a professional race car driver? Well, if I'm on television, that's probably a really good way to find sponsors. <laughs> and that was really my only motivation to get into television was to fund my motor racing career. And um, it, look, it, it, I turn, turned out really lucky in, in, in the fact that I had sort of two dueling careers going at once there, uh, motor racing and, 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 and television until Dick Johnson tapped me on the shoulder one day and says, mate, you're good enough to go up in the main game. You know, I just won... I think four races in, in my super two season and was on the podium five of seven rounds there. And he's like, you're good enough to go up. He goes, but you can't do both. You can't do TV, can't do motorsport as well at the same time. And, you know, he was right. He was, he was right. I probably wasn't doing either of them um, to my full capacity. And, you know, so I made a very tough decision, you know, to, to put all my eggs in the television ba basket for the sake of, you know, my future family. And, but, you know, that's, it's been a hard decision to live with because, you know, I live, for motorsport, you know, I, I believe my, my number one ambition, you know, was, and still feels like, you know, to, to be that racing car driver. I just, I, I wasn't able to, uh, to continue it. And what a great way to do that in a very cool car in a great event, the Bathurst 12 hour. Tell me what's the testing regime going to be like? Have you booked out Sydney motorsport park for two months to get uh, all you guys ready for it? Yep, definitely. Um, <laughs> I think our main priority is trying to make sure that both Tony and I can reach the pedals after Deeks. He's been in there and Wally for that matter. Yes. Well, we're going to have uh, a seat in set for you and me, and then they can have their own seat insert as well. But I think uh, we will well, we'll definitely do a test day, if not a couple of test days prior to the 12 hour, because I think for everyone's sake, we need to do a bit of practice and make sure we're really, you know, firing come the Bathurst 12 hour. I know Deeks, he's really, really young. Uh, ambitious with his goals so uh, a little bit of testing prior will um will definitely get you honed in and get you comfortable with the car before we get there yeah these are not easy speeds you know like a gt car is something that you need to be in a lot to do well at because you're you're pushing a car beyond 
you know, what a traditional car's limits are because they've got so much aero and they can break so late and it takes a while for that brain speed to come back. So yeah, well, I spent a couple of seasons in GT cars with, you know, Utonian in, in 20, 2015, we were in that one together the season. And then I won the endurance championship in a McLaren in 2016, but you know, that's a long time ago and mm. not much can prepare you for these, you know, right, running around in a, you know, in a, in a, in a, G, in a production car, a Mustang, you know, for the six hour is, is not exactly the ultimate preparation because it just does so much more in all the sketchy places, those GT cars. And <laughs> um, yeah, I'm nervous, you know, that place is scary at the best of times, let alone when you're hooking over the top at like, you know, 230 K an hour around a blind crested corner and wondering, you know, where everyone else is and where the track goes and am I going to be able to pull this thing up? You know, that's, that's a lot. Now there's 70 cars for the high-tech oils Bathurst six hour. That's about 480,000 drivers required to get the job done. Are either of you blokes actually uh, in this race? I'm in. Are you in for the six hour? I might be. I might be. I'm, I'm working on it. Yeah. Working on. What are you running? Very, sounds very honda to me. <laughs> nah, not honda Nah. No. Oh, okay. Uh, I'm with uh, Tony Quinn uh, in his Mustang. Um, so we were in our own class last year and we were leading that um, when I handed over to the uh, the second driver who then uh, binned it at the chase. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so did, was it just you and Quinny last year or just two driver? No, it was it was me, Quinny, and he's the guy who used to own Triple Eight who sold supercars. Oh, um, Tim Miles. Tim Miles, yeah. Uh, who, who's a lovely bloke. So we drove together and, you know... Um, yeah, I punted that thing pretty fast actually around the mountain. It was it was it was pretty quick. So, and, and an easy car to drive. Like it's a full stick manual. It's not like paddle shift or anything like that. And you literally change about three gears per lap because <laughs> the Mustang's got so much torque. You just leave it in third and fourth. <laughs> oh, how good, how good. Hey, I I did um, a GT round at Phillip Island just recently, and one thing that blew me away was just how physical those cars are. You sort of do forget. Um, you know, and, and at a track like Bathurst for the period of time, we're going to be uh, thrashing that thing around. The old neck absolutely cops it. Um, are you going to change your fitness regime a little bit? I know you've been doing a lot for Dancing with the Stars and, and all that sort of stuff, but um, are you going to ramp that fitness level up, especially uh, leading into the event? Yeah, I've already started. Like just, just getting that leg pressure strength back up. You know, you got to smack those GT pedals pretty damn hard. You know, I think we figured out they're sort of around, I don't know, 75 kilo per whack you know, some, somewhere around there, you know, that's a lot for a little dude. So uh, <laughs> I, I did a PB in my, my leg press the other day of 105 kilos. So I'm getting it up there. Um, nice. Yeah, it's, it's, but it's hard to replicate. It's the heat that mm. I always forget, you know, when you can get yourself physically fit where you, you know, you're running a lot, you know, you, you, you've strengthened all your muscles, but then trying to get your brain to work fast in a hot environment is, is, mm. is I find the, the biggest struggle. And there's just no well, training you can do for that. I think we spoke about this on our last pod, I think it was, where the change of date for the 12-hour will help, I suppose, the heat situation that we normally face early in the year True. at Bathurst. So hopefully that won't be as big a factor. But nonetheless, driving those things is is really hard work. And especially if the car's really gripped up and feeling really good, you can push like crazy. And they're so rewarding, but something's got to take its toll. And generally, it's the uh, the body that does that. But well, you find like you were you were telling me a little while ago that the the current spec supercars are closest to a GT car now. So you you wouldn't find the jump across that that difficult, but would you? Um, 
I'm just not doing it that much in the supercar at the moment. So it's sort of like, you know, I'm going, let's say from the TCR car to the GT car where's a fair old step. The, the, the TCR car is not physically demanding other than it being really hot, but yeah. I find the GT car certainly is. And, and you're right, like brake pressure and you can just be so aggressive with the thing. They're, they're amazing cars to drive. Absolutely amazing, especially around Bathurst. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. It's a cool opportunity. So Grant, you've got the six hour, you've got the 12 hour. Let's not think too far into the future, but is this going to be enough to get the bug back, get the, get you back into motorsports? Yeah, for sure. You know, I'm sort of kicking around whether I do a little bit of Targa as well. I love that kind of sport. You know, it's it's turning a steering wheel on a great road, you know, with the safety of no oncoming vehicles or no speed limits. You know, I kind of I kind of like that sort of tarmac rallying driving as well. Um, yeah, look, obviously everything quietened down so much over the last couple of years with COVID and all, you know, your sponsors that you've had, you know, for, for such a long time, you know, people like Just Cuts and companies that I've sort of had with me, you know, for nearly 20 years, they've kind of, we've let those relationships sort of go because there's been nothing to do together. There's been, you know, no racing, so there are no, no sponsorships. So sort of now that the world is opening back up and things are turning back on, yeah, I'd like to see myself in a race car a little bit more. I'm, I'm definitely a nicer person um, when, I, when, I, when I am driving than when I'm not. <laughs> You know, and I just love, you know, the GT racing and production car racing is just really fun. They're very, very different. Um, the six hours are really relaxed weekend, you know, you know, for us. And it's just the, the speed's not there. So it's not as intense. You don't have, you know, a lot of angry Europeans over there that are about, you know, trying to punt you into the third third row of the crowd. Um, but the, to be back in a GT car panorama is about as good as it gets to. Hey, mate, we're absolutely wrapped to have you on the team. Really, really excited for the Bathurst 12 hour coming up. But as we know, I'm going to see you at the six hour. I can't, I can't uh, release what I'm doing just yet, Grant Rowley. So don't Still. try and get it out of me. Okay. Um, but yeah, very much looking forward to catching up soon, mate. And we really appreciate you coming on the pod today. Unless Grant's got another question, I know you've got to get back to work. So we might wrap it up there. Well, getting back to work, pretending I'm a farmer, knowing what I'm doing. <laughs> you and I both know that is a lie. I may have cows, but I have no idea what to do with them. <laughs> My cows are good for Instagram. That's about it. Well, mate, thank you. Awesome to have you on the Parked Up podcast. We can't wait to be up at Mount Panorama as your guest in your hometown. And we're really looking forward to seeing you back behind the wheel. Yeah, race fans, get up there and check it out. You know, those 12-hour and six-hour events are the perfect spectator events because they're not as chock-a-block. You can find the best spot anywhere around the circuit, and it's just a good vibe, good energy. Nice, man. Thanks so much for coming on. Catch you soon. Pleasure, dudes. Peace. Take care. And great to have Grant on the show. Thank you very much. Two Grants when you only thought you were going to get one, you've got two, and he's coming back for the 12-hour, and he's going to be at the six-hour. It sounds like a big return to racing cars for Grant Daniel, doesn't it? Yeah, he can't get it out of his blood. He's, he's just that passionate about motorsport. I've seen that so many times when I've raced with him. He's so competitive. He sort of comes across as someone that's just happy to be involved, but he works really hard when he commits to something. And, you know, he'll put a lot into this this uh, this race and hopefully we can get a, re a reward, not only for ourselves, but also for Adrian, who, uh, who you know, he owns the car, he, he fronts up all the money and it's, it's his little baby as well. So um, we'd love to try and get a, an amazing result for Adrian and the crew. So fingers crossed, but yeah, looking forward to having him because he's just a good old dude. I like him. Good. Good dudes. That's what we like. That's what we like. Um, okay. So uh, we talked about Parked Up Plus at the very top of the show and our very good friend, Mark Fogarty, had a chat to Molly Taylor 
and we'd like to run that uh, interview right now. Of course, Molly uh, is the reigning Extreme E champion for the all-electric cars that run through the desert and other bits and pieces. Molly, of course, has been part of the Stan Sport coverage for the Speed Series following Tony D's ups and downs and highs and lows in the TCR Australia series, along with Trans Am and all of those things. I shouldn't say highs and lows. It's just been high after oh, high after high for you. This year, yeah. Last year's a fair few lows, but anyway, let's not talk about that. I love I love Molly Taylor. I think Steph's got to watch herself because uh, Molly is just an incredible lady and she does an amazing job behind the wheel, but also presenting like everything she does, basically. What can't and, she do? If, if and she, if she's she a reaction cook. performance athlete too. Ah, perfect. Amazing. Amazing. If, if she can cook, then she's 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 perfect, right? I'm perfect. sure she can. Yeah, I'm sure she can. E- either way, we'll just get takeaway. It's fine. Perfect. All right. Well, let's throw to let's throw to Molly and folks here on Parked Up. Well, Molly, you've certainly got plenty going on. So what's the plan moving forward? Are you still going to be back and forwards between overseas and, and here this year? Yeah, it's a good good question. Um, that's certainly the plan. Uh, there's still, yeah, things to sort of line up and see exactly uh, what, what we do. So I don't have anything um, completely concrete, but that's certainly the, the intention. Mm. And with the Extreme E Championship, a surprise change of team, how did you settle in with Jensen's team and, and what are your prospects, you think, um, for that title defence going on? <laughs> Yeah, um, they're a great, great group of people. Um, it was yeah, a very last last minute thing. Um, and yeah, to work with the, the Hanson Motorsport team and the Hanson family was, was awesome. They were fantastic people. Um, that was just, yeah, just the, the one-off event for now. But yeah, we'll um, yeah, hopefully be back out on the Extreme E field. That's, um, that's my intention, but we'll see yeah, exactly where all that lands. Well, I said it was a surprise. I think it was more a shock. <laughs> I mean, were you shocked? Uh, it was unexpected, yeah. Yeah, definitely was, was unexpected. Um, but I had a fantastic year with the team um, and, yeah, have to be very, very proud looking back of what we're able to achieve and have some fantastic memories that I'll always have. And, of course, you had a go at the Dakar, which must have been exciting and gruelling. Are you looking at going back and maybe an even more serious effort next year? Yeah, so certainly that's um, what I'm focused on at the moment. I'm doing some more off-road events this year and, and having another crack at Dakar. I think it's yeah, it's just such a, a beast of an event. Um, there's so much, so much to learn, and um, yeah, it's yeah, so much experience you need, and it just takes time to um, to get yeah, l- learn learn that trade. So I'm I'm loving it so far, and hopefully that's um, that's definitely um, one of the big uh, focuses for this year. And what about your first love, rallying? <laughs> What's happening there? Anything? Uh, nothing, nothing at the moment. Um, but yeah, that, that's obviously, as you say, my, my first love and, and something that I don't don't want to stop doing. So um, yes, the, it's not it's not over. I guess trying to work on that side of things. But at the moment, um, yeah, there's nothing locked in. You know, rallying is is a, it's a tough sport to get um, yeah all the all the funding and resources together as it always ultimately comes down to. So um, yeah, it's certainly something that I would love to keep doing. And what about the broadcasting? You know, this is your, what, second season doing this? Full season? Uh, I mean? This will be my first full season. And first we've done, yeah, a few, few, right. few events last year. So how challenging is it and, and how are you finding adapting to that sort of work? Yeah, it's certainly it's a different challenge. Um, it's a lot harder being on the 
the, the end of the mic asking the questions and answering the questions, I think. Um, but yeah, I'm really enjoying the challenge and it's, it's just a buzz in a different kind of way and still being at these events and uh, it's just the, the sport in general uh, is, is so, so much fun to be part of and it's a great, great group of people that are in the broadcast team and also a great group of people up and down the paddock. So it's just, it's a really fun, fun place to be and, and certainly a challenge, but that's... Um, that's part of it and that's why we do it as well because we want always want to have that challenge too so um uh, yeah i i like sinking my teeth into it and i'm i'm you know learning every time i do it and yeah quite excited about what the year will bring are you feeling comfortable behind the mic um not 100% comfortable no <laughs> no i think it's still something that i'm i'm finding my feet with um definitely getting more and more comfortable the more you do it like anything um so yeah i, I don't feel uh, like i've learned what I need to learn yet, but um, yeah, definitely every time I get out, it's, it's getting more and more comfortable and, and more and more enjoyable. Okay, and thank you, Mark Fogarty, for that. Thank you very much, Molly Taylor. Tony D, heaps of motorsport that we can talk about. I'm sure everyone's watched all of the replays mm. and the, all of the stuff over the weekend. Let's just take a couple of quick snapshots from from what we saw in the past, uh, in over the past weekend, we had supercars at Simmons Plains. We had Formula One over in the desert in Saudi Arabia. Uh, lots of premium motorsport churning through our uh, televisions. However, you like to consume it. You're going to mention your 75 inch TV now, aren't you? <laughs> what what, what no, does no, the Saudi no. Arabian Grand Prix under lights look like on a 75 inch oh. TV? It looked incredible. Just the detail is out of control. I love it. I love it. Um, well, I did want to touch on supercars because there was plenty going on. Obviously, Shane, Shane Van Giesbergen won all three races. So we don't probably need to go on about the results because uh, if you don't know the results now, then you're living under a rock and you're obviously not a motorsport fan. That's right. You're but listening I, to the wrong pod. Yeah. I wanted to get uh, your thoughts, Grant, on Brock Feeney. Yep. Yeah. He He's killing it. Yeah. He's killing it. What are your thoughts on it? Uh, doing a, uh, a stellar job, not ridiculously uh, out of sync with what we might have thought pre-season. Like, surely really? he was going to finish in the top 10 in the championship, right? I now, surely so, yeah. he was going to get a couple of podiums as the season went on. Did we think he was going to get a podium so early? Eh, I don't no. know. Maybe, especially at Simmons Plains where that team has had a ridiculous amount of success. That race mm. too was the 11th time that Red Bull have finished 1-2 at that circuit. So that's yeah. pretty bloody impressive. Like, they are impressive there, but I think he's doing a great job. When you consider that he'd never been to Simmons Plains before, first time at the track, such a tight, twisty little circuit where we often see the field spread of maybe half a second. It wouldn't have taken much for him to be back in 15th position and really have a, a troubled run for the weekend. But you know, to qualify on the front row, out-qualify Shane in one of the races, lead a race, very, very impressive. I don't think it, people would have thought he'd be, you know, going that well so soon. So Grand Prix, I think, will be another big test for him because he probably hasn't even raced at the Grand Prix before and that's a big old track and a lot of corners where, you know, it used to be over a two-minute lap. So it's a, it's a, you only have to lose a tenth at every corner and suddenly, uh, you know, second half off the pace. So... That'll be interesting to see how he goes, but he's just acclimatized really well. He's fighting hard out there. He's, he's you know, nailing his starts. It's very, very impressive. 
All right, I guess the other uh, big talking point was not that Shane was winning, but uh, the way that Shane was winning and that side draft was such a important thing. Those little rubs coming out of the hairpin, I thought was awesome. And I'd read some of the comments on the socials about people not being very happy with how those things were going down. And I thought like, that's actually the most interesting thing that's happening. Let's please, let's not take that mm. away from, from what's going on. We ended up seeing a pretty major incident between Cam Waters and Tim mm. Slade, which was kind of a very, you know, similar thing to, you know, how that weekend was playing out, how people were um, making advantage and getting past others. Yeah. That one was pretty frightening. What's your take there? I thought the moves that Shane was doing were not marginal, but they were certainly aggressive. There's no doubt about it. Um, but they were controlled, you know, like he was just giving him a bit of a rub in the door and then trying to get the side draft. Those cars seemed to turn really well at the hairpin. So he could sort of get underneath a lot of guys and still get good drive off the corner. And there's not a lot of opportunity to pass it at Simmons Plain. So that's probably the, the one real spot. The incident between uh, Tim Slade and Cameron Waters for me was too much. I, I, I thought Cameron was out of line. Uh, I don't know why he needed to be so aggressive towards Slady. It's not like he'd Tim had run into him or in a, in a, in a bad fashion. You know, they sort of rub panels a little bit, but he just sort of kept going on with it and on with it and ended up running Tim out of the ro- out of road. And that could have been a monumental. Like if that had dug in, that would have, car would have gone over. And it, it showed a bit of frustration, I think, from Cam. And, you know, he's an aggressive driver. There's no doubt about it. But... So is Shane, but he sort of does it in a way that, I don't know, doesn't go to that extent, if you know what I mean. So, yep. yeah, I, I thought that was a little bit out of line. I felt a bit sorry for Slady because um, that, that could have ended up really, really bad. Obviously, ruined his race, but that was probably the least of the problems, really. Yep. Uh, okay. Another talk. Oh, yeah. So, did he leave enough room, though? Was there just enough room? Tim obviously dropped a wheel. And bagging doors at that speed through mm. a big, through a big long right hand kink as it is, is sketchy enough. But I thought I don't I don't know. Maybe maybe the angles weren't quite. Maybe we didn't. I know they had that. They had it covered basically every mm. single way except from the sky, and that was probably that we needed some drone footage of the of the crash because <laughs> yeah, that was probably the true. only way we were going to really see if Cam had given him enough room. And I guess it's only a guess, but. I reckon he probably just left him exactly a car width, but um, yeah, but at that speed though, exactly. and, and a little bit of moving around and buffeting and things like that, you know, he, he obviously it was it was very marginal, and obviously we saw the end result. Slady was caught up in a couple of accidents over the weekend. We saw one in qualifying where him and Shane Van Gisbergen came together, yeah. where Shane was on a hottie, and Tim was trying to get himself in a position to start a lap. And uh, they had quite a big shunt there at the end of quality, I think, on Sunday. Yep. And, um, you know, Tim said, oh, well, um, SVG didn't have his lights on, so I didn't know he was on a hot lap. And uh, I, I don't know. I thought maybe a little bit ambitious of Shane to do a massive dive bomb. Like, he was never going to really complete that lap, you know. And he, he was trying to get track position in the end there, there as well. Like, he'd sort of... He was on a lap, but I think he would have thought, oh, this lap's buggered now, but I want to get in front of Slady so I can at least do the next lap. And Slady was thinking the same thing, and it was a real clumsy sort of incident there. And ultimately, both of them didn't get a result at the end there in qualifying. 
Now, a couple of standouts were Matt Stone Racing. Pretty impressive front row start uh, on the edge of a podium there for Todd <coughs> Hazelwood. Jack LeBrock, I guess, I don't know, threw it away. I don't know what happened there. I mean, I think they did have a lot of damage from the previous race and the car just made it out. Had a funny lock up down into the hairpin. I, I just wonder whether the steer, if the steering was a little bit out. They were commenting on the on the footage that he had a bit of left hand down, I think it was, um, which does make it difficult when you want to break. But maybe there was more to it. It just seemed like a really sort of uh, funny sort of lock up down to the hairpin, which ultimately ended his race, unfortunately, because he got a really good start. Like he he nailed the start, like we're talking about with Brock Feeney, got the start and uh, was holding good pace there. And we saw Hazelwood had a very good pace at the end of the race. So perhaps, you know, uh, Jack could have held a position on the podium, maybe not won the race. No, but I don't think anyone was going to beat Shane Van Gisbergen. There's something about those triple eight cars at Simmons Plains though. We saw Frosty up the front, you know, the, the Matt Stone cars up the front, obviously both triple eight cars. There's something they do there that works really, really well. Yeah. Win. <laughs> something. They, do they, do. they just seem to turn they, good. They turn really well. There we go. Uh, okay. Some F1. Did you stay up? Did you get up at 2am to watch the Formula One? No. No, I didn't, but I have watched it. I, I did a little rewatch last night when Steph was at tennis. Steph's playing tennis on a Monday night now. It's freaking amazing. What, you get, amazing. Your, you get your Mondays all to yourself? Well, because I, I can watch as much motorsport and catch up on as much as I need to. It's oh, great. 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 And she's getting fitness and health and all that stuff. But that's, yeah. good. that's good for her limbs and lungs. Exactly. Uh, I did watch it. Did you watch it? Yes. Yeah, it was okay, good. good. Not live. Good. Definitely not live. not live, not live. I watched the Australian Grand Prix. That's in a slightly better time zone for us. True, true. Uh, interesting battles there at the end. I mean, everyone's raving about the fact that they can all race really close and it seems to be a really consistent message. I don't, I don't think it's put on. I think it's actually actually genuine that they're able to race closer. Yeah, even within that sort of half a second range of the cars being close to each other, they can still fight for battles and, the DRS is still really powerful as well. I think there was a bit of concern that wouldn't be. But, yeah, it was a good battle between Max and Leclerc, um, Charles Leclerc at the end there, and ultimately Max got the win. But um, it was still a good fight and a good show. Yep, it uh, it was. It was, a, uh, it was a good race. It was a good race. It had some ups and downs, but uh, I tell you, the biggest down, mm. Daniel Ricciardo oh. and the McLaren. It's it was just, better. It was just better. competitive. It was it was better, but not not good. No, no, it's a it's a it's a shame because we're coming up to the, you know, Australia's biggest race, biggest Formula One race. The crowd is expected to be huge. You might have heard on Parked Up mm-hmm. Plus, folks had spoken to Andrew Westacott. Of course, they've sold out general admission for Sunday. They're now sold out general admission for Saturday, and they're not far away from selling that out for Friday as well. So. Crazy. It is it is crazy. It's not like the, the crowd's numbers are restricted to ninety five thousand a day, I think. Oh, you don't say that. No, but don't say it's like, <clears throat> that's like saying I'm still leading the TCR championship because there's been no other TCR races. The Grand Prix is sold out. Right. Done. Okay. You're well, in PR, man. You that is a, shit. Oh no, it's I don't do PR for that event. <laughs> oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> you gotta understand my limitations here. Uh, yeah, no, it's so, great. It's great. Do you it reckon is, Netflix really has 
has um, given Formula One a new sort of kind uh, of no. hurt. It kind, oh, kind of, of hurt. hurt. Yeah, you, you, you're shaking your head at me like no way, but <laughs> no, no, it can't. It definitely can't have hurt. I think I think it's played its part for sure. I think the whole championship has really done some great things for itself. Just the Lewis and Max rivalry towards the end of last year was awesome. The Netflix factor has has also come in. Last year's championship was awesome. I drove around uh, Melbourne today and every electronic billboard is KO and they're and oh, they're all different we all the promotions are different all based around formula 1 and they're all they've got one for max and they've got one for for lewis and they've got one for the ferraris so the the town has formula 1 fever and i don't know if we've i've seen melbourne really have this mm. one fever not for not many for many years, yeah. years. Yeah. so I think all of those things combined are just a um, the, it's created the perfect storm, and which is why we're going to see the sellout crowds, and it's why hopefully with this new circuit configuration as well, new generation of cars, it's likely to be the most competitive uh, and best, most entertaining Formula One race we've ever seen here. I agree, I agree, and I think uh, the good thing is it's the third round of the championship. So what we often see at the Melbourne Grand Prix is cars having little mechanical failures or, you know, not, not quite as sorted. So there's going to be a lot of learning they've done the last two rounds. So hopefully when we get to Melbourne, there's going to be more cars that are going to be yeah, more competitive. So I don't think Danny Rick's going to be one of them, though, unfortunately, mm. which is a real shame, you know, for Isn't him, it? he'd love to come here and get a podium. He actually hasn't had a podium here. He had one, but then it got, taken away from him for I think the car was underweight or something like that. Yeah. Um, so it's a real shame, real, real shame that uh, he hasn't won the race and it doesn't look like he's going to be capable of it this year. If you go on just pure car speed, Hey, it might rain, it might rain and you know, God might uh, just shine down on him that day and uh, you know, seas will pass and all that sort of chat and he might win the race, but who knows uh, at the moment he's, they've got a fair old amount of work to do to try and catch even just the midfield, like they're just, they're just battling. Hey, Absolutely I'm battling. Just live and exclusive here on Parked Up. This is the effort that I'm going to go to. You bring up the weather, and I'd hate to see these record crowds get uh, slammed by um, inappropriate weather, but I'm just going to do a long-range forecast check for good old Melbourne for Grand Prix weekend. Now, just remind me, it's on like, oh, here we go, Thursday, 7th, 8th, 9th, and 10th. Mm. And we're looking at some, they we're looking at lots of suns, which is good. good. Yeah, so good. it's like 25 degrees Thursday. That's Danny Rick. 26 on Friday, Saturday, 28. 28 degrees. Ooh. But Sunday, 19 with a little rain cloud there, and it's oh, got this go. bit of, um, it's, on. it's got this bit of water like piercing out of it for 4 p.m. Oh, so there you go. The race? Isn't the race like eight, six? Uh, no, no, no. Yeah, it'd be late, Arva. Be mm, late, Arva. Mm, mm. anyway, so there you go. Looking forward to it. Looking the only to time it. they're predicting rain at any point is right at the start of the Grand Prix. Perfect. That's perfect. Danny Rick is going to come through. And even the changes on the circuit, I'm going to be, I'm excited to, to um, see those changes live and, and see how it affects the racing and, yeah, the track's very, very different now compared to what they're used to. 
and surely it's going to suit these new cars. Have a look at that, uh, some of that footage of the F1 cars at Jeddah where they're going through those really fast sweeping straights effectively and are mm. able to sit in the draft and pop out and, and, uh, and make a couple of uh, passing moves. We saw plenty of them. I, uh, I suspect that the track changes that they've made is only going to increase the opportunity for more overtaking, not just on the front straight, which is front straight and down into turn three, which has typically been the only places F1 cars have passed. But now we're going to get a, a, a new, at least one new passing opportunity around the backside of the circuit. So I think that's going to be really cool to see. Fastest ever laps where we're going to see with uh, with cars around the circuit. It's certainly going to uh, pick up the pace quite a bit. Lots to look forward to in the world of motorsport. Yes, you're right. And that's <coughs> cool. all we got today. Yeah, that's it. You reckon? That'll do. I don't know. I reckon we wrap it up. Why not? Doesn't I reckon matter. everyone's been listening to our dribble for long enough. Um, you can, of course, catch Parked Up Plus every Monday, 5 p.m. with the great man, award-winning Mark Fogarty. And you can listen to us every Thursday on Parked Up, the, the regular Parked Up. If we were like race fuels, that we would be like the 98, we'd be like the 98 Ron. We'd be just like the standard standard fuel. But with Fogues, he's like the that uh, that core fifty. He's the he's the elf. He's the elf core fifty version of um, of of the fuels. So um, yeah, we, I think, and, the, and the price difference is a, is a lot lot <laughs> quite a bit more too. <laughs> um, anyway, nice. That's it. That's parked up for episode one zero seven. Tony D and wow. um, yeah. Well, uh, you'll hear from folks and you'll hear from us. And Is there uh, any racing this weekend? Uh, IndyCar? Is, maybe, uh, maybe, is Scotty yeah. Mack back out? Oh, maybe. Maybe. I saw we'll he's got a new delivery. I saw that too. The snap-on looks good. Mm. Everyone loves a snap-on. Um, excellent. All right. Okay. Let's get out of here. My kids just arrived home, so it's going to get noisy. Ta-ta. See you later. See ya. You've just listened to another Network R production. 